G'day and welcome to another episode of Perth Property Insider. I'm your host, Jared Mann, and today I'm back pulling apart inflation and how to actually make it work for you. So we've got a really interesting topic today where I'm going to look at how it's actually measured, what does it include, what is the concept of personal inflation and ways that we can you know, actually reduce it in our own situation, and then most importantly, how to make it work for you. So let's go inside. Welcome to Perth Property Insider, where you will learn how to grow your wealth and improve your life using Perth Property. Our show is brought to you by Investors Edge Real Estate, the highly rated and award-winning property management specialist servicing the whole of Perth. Now, here is your host, Jared Mann. About 14 years ago, when I just started Investors Edge, I was seeking out as many property investors that I could sit down and have coffee with. I wanted to pick their brains on what would make the ideal property management service because I was designing it all from the ground up. And I obviously had my ideas, but I wanted to get you know real investors' input on how to design our service. And one time I was meeting with a very wealthy man who was in his retirement phase of his investing. So he'd already retired. And our conversation drifted off to talking about his investing and what he was trying to achieve. And, you know, as you do when you're grabbing coffee with a fellow investor. And he explained to me at the time the concept of inflation adjusted returns. And he said that he had to at least make the inflation rate as a return on his money invested before he even got ahead. And that money that he left in the bank was going backwards. And I didn't really appreciate what he was saying at the time. And it didn't mean much to me because I had very little money (laughs) at that stage. And I also had only just started out investing. And to be honest, I was trying to make as much as possible with the little I had and his focus on inflation was obviously you know, not really relevant to me then, but it did stick in the back of my mind. So fast forward uh, 14 years and we're in different times where inflation rates are starting to increase. And it, it's something that we haven't spent much time thinking about. So I wanted to pull apart inflation today, some of my different perspectives on it and take you through how to make it work for you. So what is inflation? Well, the best way I can explain it is it's the decrease in the purchasing power of a dollar. So your dollars are not going to get you what they did in the past. They're going to get you a lot, purchase you a lot less. The other way to look at it is that everything is becoming more expensive and a dollar can't buy you as much. So I prefer the first way that the purchasing power is actually decreasing. So how is inflation typically measured? Well, the most common measure is the consumer price index or CPI. It's quoted in countries all around the world. And it's a measure of the average change over time in the prices paid by households for a fixed basket of goods and services. So the Australian Bureau of Statistics also recognizes that there's no statistical agencies that have a true cost of living or purchasing power measures, and it's actually too difficult to do. So that's why they put this notional basket of goods and services together to give some kind of comparison. And the basket includes 11 odd categories of goods and services, everything from alcohol and tobacco, clothing, wear, housing, furnishings, health, 
transport, communication, et cetera. So what does it not include? And this is where some of the costs increases are not really reflected because the the consumer price index is only showing the increases in its basket of goods and services. So the types of things it doesn't include is doesn't include utilities, doesn't include property rates, childcare, doesn't include health or health-related services, doesn't include motor vehicle-related services, doesn't include fuel, which is a massive one. It's increasing at the moment. And it doesn't include fruit and vegetables, which is another big one that increases over time. So what is causing inflation to be above average at the moment? Well, I listened to a really great podcast by Stuart Wames on his Investopoly podcast, and he went through and explained the difference between supply-driven inflation and demand-driven inflation. And he explained that we saw a lot of demand-driven inflation for things like cars and boats and caravans during COVID because there was a lot of extra demand for these items and everyone had more money to spend because they weren't taking holidays and instead they wanted to do more recreation and travel around locally. So that was an example of demand-driven inflation, but we also had some supply-driven inflation on those items too, when all of a sudden the supply ch- there was plenty of supply chain issues caused by COVID as well. And most recently, the war in Ukraine's also affected the supply chain right when things were getting back to you know more freely distributing, more freely of getting around of goods and services. So depending on how long this disruption with the war in Ukraine, whether it expands, heaven help us if it does, whether there's another you know, COVID outbreaks and whether the supply chains can get back to normal, it's hard to know exactly how long these supply chain issues are going to continue. And But we can look at them as being hopefully temporary. So whether that be six months, 12 months, two years, we'll have to wait and see. But the supply chain issues is what's mostly now causing the inflation. It's not a case of demand-driven inflation, certainly not in our average basket of goods and services. And Stuart also pointed out that with the inflation being caused by supply chain issues and on on the supply side, not on the demand side, increasing of interest rates actually mainly helps slowing down the demand side. And it makes us reduce our extra spending and our our, luxury spending on things. So the interest rate increasing is not going to help as much anywhere near as much on the supply side. It's actually just going to cause a lot of pain, especially for those in the lower socioeconomic means. And it's going to be causing them to struggle and find ways to spend less, but it's not going to have an effect on the supply chain issues. It's not going to help with resolving them. So normally that reduced spending on the demand side would reduce inflation directly, but we're not going to see that real benefit from increasing interest rates. So that's potentially another reason why you know, interest rates won't increase by as much. Now, how do we compare to other countries with our inflation? Well, we see the inflation rate at the moment over the last year for the CPI is quoted at 5.1% in Australia. When we compare that to some of the other developed countries, it's relatively low. So the US is at 8.5%, the UK is at 9%. It goes upwards from there in the less developed countries. And we appear to be relatively low. So that's the good news. But there is a real impact on each of us. So what is that? Let's, let's break that down and look at some of the real impact on us? Well, it really helps to understand your personal inflation. And I wanted to give a shout out to Charlie and Grant on Full Stack Business Owner here because they did a great podcast on understanding your own personal inflation. 
So I took a look back at our average household shopping and a year ago compared to now, keeping in mind that we do have a three-year-old that's growing up and probably eating a bit more food, but the cost increase on our average shop was around 20% higher than than a year ago. So certainly not the 5%, anywhere near the 5% quoted that the CPI is doing. And, And remember from above, I mentioned that vegetables and fruits, et cetera, are not included in the in the CPI. So that could be where a lot of that 20% cost increase has come from. Now, Charlie and Grant were chatting through that personal inflation is going to be different for every person. And that's why it was interesting for me to go back and look at that, the difference in our shopping trips and just see how much it has increased. Other things that have increased for us is obviously the fuel price has nearly doubled and we both have cars, me and my wife, and I do a lot more driving, especially around for all my home opens and to view properties and stuff. So the costs there have at least doubled for us if we're looking at monthly spend on fuel. I'm sure if we went into the other categories like insurance and cost of home maintenance, I'm sure those things are going to be a lot higher than the 5% quoted for CPI too. So the real impact on us from inflation is often and pretty much in all cases going to be a lot higher and a lot worse than what CPI is. Regardless of what level of inflation we've got, It's get, the reality is usually going to be a lot worse. So... It's a real impact on our ability to save money and the amount that we each have left over to invest. So we either need to look at how we can earn more in our careers and business and jobs, et cetera, or we can look at changing our lifestyle. Otherwise, we're not even going to be getting ahead at the same rate that we used to be. We're going to be starting to go go backwards more. Certainly won't be getting ahead as fast if many of the costs in our world are going up, not by 5% as the CPI is quoted, but by 15 or 20%. It all, it's all adding up at the moment. So... We only saw wages increase over the last year in Australia on average by 2.4% in the year to March. So that's at about half the level of CPI inflation. And we know that the real inflation rate is obviously going to be much higher than this for the average household when we look at all the other things that are not included in that CPI. It doesn't seem that the average person is getting the wage increases needed to offset you know, the average cost of CPI inflation. It's not just a simple case of increasing the minimum wage as Anthony Albanese seems to think and is probably going to try to do because then that will likely lead to a further increase in the cost and services as businesses try to remain profitable and pass as much of that wage increase on to consumers. So you've got to be careful when you're increasing wages without improving efficiencies and reducing the supply chain issues and all the rest of it, because it can actually lead to inflation spiraling up. Think about your personal circumstance, do anything possible to try to increase your wage and income and anything within your means to do. But some of the things that we can control, because that's not always possible to improve the income side is look at culling your expenses. So I know that's a you know it can be a pretty boring thing, but I like to go through my personal and business expenses every few months and look at each to see if there's anything that we don't need or could reduce. And it's the recurring ones that add up. And don't just focus on those monthly charges either, because over the course of a year, you get you know 12 times that, and then you combine that with lots of others, and then you've potentially got you know five, 10 grand added up quite quickly that you may be able to either go back and renegotiate 
negotiate, change suppliers or reduce in other ways or eliminate. So I'd encourage you to go and have a look at culling some of your expenses at the moment so that you can at least be saving and investing at the same rate and not letting this cost of overall cost of living, you know, cut into that too much. So how do we actually make inflation work for us? Because all of that is a little bit depressing when we look at the real cost going up by <laughs> more than the actual CPI. Hopefully it took some positivity that we're, we've got one of the lowest inflations in the developed world. Hopefully you've understood a bit more about what's affecting the inflation. It's the, from the supply side, not the demand side. But how do we now make it work for us? Well, when we buy a property, we're able to leverage highly. As you know, you can borrow 80 to 90% and take on debt. So we're taking that debt figure on and we're buying in today's money. So the value of that debt actually decreases over time too. So think about it because because money is not worth the same in one year, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, the underlying asset will hopefully not just maintain its value, but go up in if you select it well. And even if it did just stay the same, it still will take a lot more dollars to buy it in tomorrow's dollars than it will in today's dollars. So the asset should always be attracting a price in future dollars and you're paying for it and borrowing in today's dollars. Now, I had John Lindemann to speak about inflation a few episodes back. Check that one out. It was really good. And we discussed how property price increases are directly correlated with inflation and not with interest rates. So as inflation has gone up in the past and gone up more strongly, there's been a direct increase in property prices and that's been correlated throughout history of the time periods that John was looking at. So that makes sense, right? So when our, you know, the buying power of a dollar decreases, it's not just the property that increases in its cost of dollars, but everything else does, as we've spoken about the average cost of services and goods. Dollars not buying the same. So it also means that let's say if we take out 100K of debt and let's say inflation is 3% a year, after 10 years, the approximate equivalent value of that debt will be $70,000. 10 years at 3%, 3 times 10, 30,000 30, decrease in actual true you know, relative value. It's now relative value is 70K in future dollars in 10 years equivalent dollars. So likewise, if you had that amount in savings, its real worth would only be 70K too when you look at what future dollars will be worth. So it takes a little bit to wrap your head around that. But over time, what that means is the relative value of your debt is decreasing and inflation is actually working for you to make that debt worth in real terms less and less and less and less. So you need to obviously make sure that you can afford the debt, but it's the debt that is actually helping you control the larger property asset through leverage and allow that inflation to work for you by reducing the value of the debt increasing the relative value of your asset. And there's a really good book called The Debt Millionaire that explains this really well, worth checking out. 
And the whole premise of it is to try to use property to get into more debt, to control that debt, have its relative value decrease over time, relative value of the asset increase over time. And that's how you get rich, not necessarily from the growth of the asset. But obviously, if you then stack the growth of the asset on top of that benefit from inflation, you're going to be much further ahead, aren't you? So how do we try to buy the right property so that we're also going to get that larger than average growth? Now, I've done whole episodes on this in the past, and we don't want to just go out and buy any property at this stage of the cycle. We should hopefully have at least another 6 to 12 months of strong growth ahead in Perth could do even more. Things are looking really great since I last came to you a quarter ago and I'll be preparing my Perth property market update towards the end of June. That'll be out to you. But I think with some of the uncertainties in the world, you want to be buying an asset and not compromising. You want to, I suggest you use a evidence-based approach for suburb selection. So looking back at what's performed well and likely to continue to perform well, not just focusing on the short term, but look focusing on the long term. And when you purchase with a 10 plus year time horizon, you're making the most of inflation and allowing it to work for you, reducing the real value of your debt. And I would always suggest that you don't compromise on the location or accept any other negative factors that are going to impact on the resale and growth potential. So look at getting in touch with us for our buyer's pack that can give you suburb recommendations, can also give you an ideal criteria to overlay on the top so that you're avoiding any of those negative factors. That's available if you just go to investorsedge.com.au slash, I think it's investing. I'll go to the investment page of our site anyway and order a buyer's pack that has these things. And I'm also doing an upcoming episode with Michael Yardney on how to play a strong defense. So check that one out as well, because even though we've got more offense to play here in Perth, Michael's coming on to chat to us about the defense side, which Melbourne and Sydney are now in, and uh, we can learn a lot by thinking ahead. So that one's coming up on one of our next episodes. Check that out too. So don't just buy any property, really make sure it stacks up, think about it for the long term, and then you're not only going to be having the benefit of inflation reducing your relative debt value, you're going to have real demand demand pushing the price of the property up as well. So hopefully this has been useful, giving you some other angles to inflation and how to make it work for you. If you've enjoyed this, share it with a friend or give us a review. And I appreciate you being a listener and I'll catch you on the next one. Bye. For free market reports on your suburbs of interest and other helpful resources to grow your wealth, make sure you join my property investor update at investorsedge.com.au slash join. And finally, make sure you're a member of our Perth Property Investment Facebook group to be part of the conversation with other like-minded investors, get help to your questions, and get a feel for what's going on out there in the market. Just a reminder that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature, as we don't know your specific situation. You should always seek professional advice before taking any action. I'll see you in the group. 